Welcome, everybody. Episode 15 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. Your host here with you, Logan Bryant. Other sports nuts this week, we got Christopher Collette. What's up, fellas? And we got Matthew Hickey Hickman. Good evening, good evening. Guys, I hope you are as jazzed up as I am this week. It's going to be a good podcast. We're talking some college basketball, baby. We're talking the Chargers moving to London. We are talking more Popeye's chicken. When we started this podcast, I never expected us to talk this much Popeye's. We're going to talk some Christmas stuff. We're going to talk about Dickie B. We're talking Kentucky, Tennessee. It is a full night. Fellas, are you ready to bring it? Let's get ready to rumble. Man, I am stoked now. It's, oh, it's, uh, you brought it. You brought it. It's a pregame speech. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, I need to know, did you guys survive Halloween? Barely. Uh, Yes, it was freezing cold, pouring down rain. <laughs> yeah, it was um, the worst. My daughter was a trooper. My son melted down, but it's all right. We got through it. Well, Hickman and I took our families together uh, here in East Tennessee to do some trick-or-treating. But my hometown up in Kentucky, they decided to cancel Halloween um, because it was supposed to rain. It never did rain. And they rescheduled it. Remember, Halloween was a Thursday. They rescheduled it for not the Friday night. They rescheduled it for Saturday from 1 to 3 o'clock. That's such a Kentucky thing. It is, man. Yeah. Kids. I mean, who's sitting around the house at 1 o'clock like, oh, some kid wants some candy. Here we go. But that's still better than Khalil Mack, who I don't know if you guys heard. Uh, Khalil Mack, Chicago Bears, hired a security guard to stand at the sidewalk by his house to tell kids that he was not doing Halloween and would not be handing out candy. I approve. Oh, Christopher Collette. Unbelievable. Could you you not just have the security guard hand out candy? Like, what's the deal here? That's the principle of the situation. Oh, yeah, kids getting candy on Halloween. It's such yeah. that's, that's a sin. Khalil can't afford it. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a problem. <laughs> oh. He's not Raiders right. money. Yeah. All right, guys, let's get at it. Let's make sense of the week. Our Making Sense of the Week segment is sponsored by Edward Jones. Edward Jones Advisors can help work with you to help you understand the impact of short-term events and how to be positioned for the long term. Edward Jones provides the tools for a reasoned, disciplined approach to investing. Call 865-988-7560 to schedule a face-to-face appointment today. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SPIC. All right, guys. As I mentioned, I'm jacked up. Kentucky is about to be the number one team in the land. Let me apologize to all you listeners out there who hate us Kentucky fans because tis the season for us to get rowdy. Guys, Champions Classic, number one, number two, number three, number four, all in the same building, Madison Square Garden, tipping off college basketball season. Did you or did you not watch Matthew Hickman? I did not watch it, but it was pretty lame. Yeah, (laughs) it takes me a while to get into basketball mode. Uh, I just have to, I mean, I sort of have a tepid interest in it until the new year turns, and then 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 I'm in. I thought uh, you Tennessee fan. I thought football. Tennessee was a basketball school now. Oh yeah, it is. But uh, I, uh, you know, it's I won't get really excited about it until until the new year turns around. 
So, no, I do think it's pretty awesome that the top four teams playing. All Blue Bloods, pretty great. Um, we'll see We'll see what happens. I'm sure you came out of it very excited. That's what she said. Chris, did you did you not watch the Champions Classic? Uh, I watched more hockey last night than basketball, but I watched, <laughs> I watched a little basketball. Is it Frozen Four time? What are you doing, man? Frozen Four. <laughs> it's the NHL season. Come on, man. All right, well. The only thing you guys missed was Kentucky leading the game for all of but like 26 seconds. Put it on Michigan State. It was a uh, it was a good time had by all except for Michigan State fans. Mm-hmm. But let's talk about something you guys may care about. College basketball has changed some rules this year. You guys let me know. Do you like it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you don't care? Men's college basketball decided to move the three point line back about 16 inches. What do you think, Chris? Take it or leave it. I'm going to take it. It spaces the court out more, uh, makes for a more aesthetically pleasing game. That's the goal, at least. I'll take it. Pigman, is it do anything for you? You can start watching in December now? Well, <laughs> maybe the last week of December, sure. <laughs> no, I, I like it. Um, again, with the, with the spacing and, I mean, yeah, the three ball it maybe makes it a, a shred more difficult, but... Um, maybe the percentages will drop a little bit. The three three balls is the great equalizer in college, well, in all basketball, but especially college basketball. You'd see a bad team really get hot, drop a bunch of threes, and and pull an upset. We love those upsets, but we also like to see the right teams win. I think so. I'm for it. Yeah, I I don't think college basketball players are traditionally good shooters, but the fact that you've not had any coaches even so somewhat mention the three point line being moved back is. They don't care. It doesn't do anything for them. They probably like it. They can set up their offenses a little bit better. Um, and, I mean, you just have college players that go to the league now, and they're shooting 45% the first month that they're in the league. So um, most of those players have probably played college basketball at Kentucky, but that's for another podcast. One season. On, the, on the Kentucky Love podcast, coming to you later. That can be a special. <laughs> All right, second one. College basketball shot clock will now reset to 20 seconds on an offensive rebound. Chris, what are you, what are you thinking? I love it. The shot clock in college basketball is entirely too long. 35 seconds is ridiculous. They should, uh, at, at bare minimum, cut it down to 30, if not 24 even. Uh, more possessions, the better. So I like that you don't have like a one team hogging the ball for a minute. So I like it. Yeah, I yeah, don't think there's anything not to like about this. What about you, Hickman? Totally agree. Yeah, more more possessions, better pace of play. Um, I think, I mean, these are tangible changes that will make the game more fun to watch this year. So, all all, all in there. And college basketball needs all the help in that department. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah the, um, the the last year the tournament was just unbearable with all the replays and the reviews and all that. And then they'll still have that. Sure, but at least we can make the pace of play a little better, right? Well, True. and that's the thing is, I mean, you guys didn't watch it, but those those first two games, these are the four best teams in college basketball, mm-hmm. and did did either team score se- any team score seventy points? <laughs> I don't think so. Exactly. Um, I mean, refs calling everything. I think Kansas had what twenty eight turnovers in the game. I mean, it was it was bad. Logan, I know you love this idea. It's not an actual rule this year, but college basketball needs to go to four quarters just to oh. help with the foul situation, the bonuses, 
at, at four quarters is where it's at. I mean, the girls' game did, so I think I feel like they're on their way. They are. Yeah, they need to. Um, but this will be my annual plug for everybody who says Calipari just rolls the ball out there. Took a guy from Bucknell who was second team all Patriot League and is now starting um, with a bunch of, you know, five-star McDonald's All-Americans. And they played one heck of a defensive game. People are going to hate it, but Cal traditionally has a top 10 defensive team. Um, that's all coaching. And so people are going to hate playing this Kentucky team because they're long and athletic and they do like to talk quite a bit. But I don't know how I got off on that tangent. I just wanted to wanted to tell you guys that Kentucky won. They're probably number one in the country now. I promise I'll move on in future podcasts, but I'm pretty excited this week. Have your moment. It's all right. Start of you know, it's it's Kentucky season. You get this and you get the Derby in May. So <laughs> that's, that's also Kentucky got. elected a governor yesterday. So that's, this is this is a big day for Kentucky. <laughs> all right. Now the third uh the third rule change in college basketball. There's an emphasis on flopping and delay of game. So, you know, when you hear the referees blow their whistle fourteen times and the coaches are still in the huddle and waiting for everybody to dismiss. Um the NCAA has decided they will give each team a warning if they flop or have this delay of game issue, and then they're getting a technical. Chris, does this move the needle for you? Um, yes. Uh, loyal listener of the pod, Douglas Martin, former college basketball referee. Um, always told him one thing, that it's always a block unless it's just an absolute blatant charge. Like Even if you're like 1%, it could be a block. Just call it block because it probably is a block. Charging is the worst thing ever. It's like pickup basketball. Those guys that take charges, it's the worst. Uh, charges in college basketball. You got these white guys out here just flailing all over the place. Uh, like, why didn't why did you call that one? And the rest, the rest bail them out all the time. Uh, college basketball refs are just absolute hot garbage. Um, if Whichever the home team is, it's, there, there's a huge swing towards them. And then the, the underdog white guy gets all the calls. Just because, I mean, the rest usually scrawny white guy that never could play so scrawny white guy gets the benefit of the doubt there all the time that's why hickman was always the first pick in the uh johnson bible college intramural draft that's n- none of that is true <laughs> i do i do remember the johnson draft that you was we sort of tried to assemble your team and you had to try to convince people which picks logan was our team captain it's like yeah hickman's he's like a fifth rounder and you have to argue with everybody as to what round we deserved. That was pretty oh. cool. Does anybody remember the draft where Logan traded away like his uh, third and fifth round draft <laughs> picks in order just to get rid of his last pick? Yeah, that was... <laughs> I, I got stuck with a kid who will be, remain nameless um, because uh, he is the worst. <laughs> the worst so, to play with. Yeah, I just happened to have the last pick. Everybody saw it coming, like two picks left in the draft. And he's not a terrible player, but he's one of those ball hogs. He thinks he's great. I mean, would pull up a half court and jack one up. And so he was Five, on my three. Team. Yeah. And so before we left the draft, I made sure that I, in order to trade him away, also traded away half my team <laughs> and literally got nothing in return except for a, a Call of Duty video game expert. I think you also made a trade once that ensured we got Brandon Peak, our good friend, while giving up like a pretty solid pick brandon you know peak's got a lot of virtues he was not the best basketball player but uh brought a lot of brought a lot of you know camaraderie and he's a good team guy well speaking of being a good team guy florida state is looking for a head coach 
Chris, Chris, I know you like to explore the uh, the Twitter interwebs. What do, what are you hearing? What is who is going to coach Florida State next year? Well, I mean, they they met with good old Jimmy Sexton, and basically Nick Saban to Florida State's done deal. Uh, <laughs> just just saying, done deal there. Um, I forgot Wayne that Kiffin, Jimmy Sexton only had one client. I know. I mean, it could be the Butch Jones. I mean, Butch Jones Butch to Florida Jones. State. Oh my gosh! All about that one. They need tomahawk some, uh, by tomahawk. <laughs> <laughs> um Lane, Lane Kiffin, he said he's he's not going to Florida State. Um <laughs> I'm just gonna throw it out there. Neither is I. Should I do anyone else? I'm not interested in Florida State, so I'm just throwing that Sports one out there. Um, guts are not moving to Tallahassee. So what? what are you saying, Hickman? No, I so said we'd entertain it if they had talked to us, but you know, I don't know if we need to announce that we're not going. Oh, they didn't your agent didn't give you a call? No. I mean, if I could get a nineteen million dollar buyout, I think I would go there. And do just as poor, poorly yep. as uh, good old Willie Taggart there. Um, yeah. The one name that is, I think there's two names I think have a chance at it. Uh, number one is Gus Malzahn, Auburn. He's really? Constantly on the hot seat at Auburn. Auburn fans are the most behind Tennessee, some of the most fickle fans ever. One year they love him, the next year he goes eight and four and they hate him. Um, I could see him making a jump. I think he would do well there. The other name is good old Mark Stoops. Um, I think What's he would. Uh, I I think uh, he's done as good as he's going to do at Kentucky, um, and he'll continue to do this good. Where they're seven and five to eight and four, somewhere in that range. Oh, uh, what about last year when they won ten games? What okay, they won ten games one time. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they played four cupcakes in Vanderbilt, Missouri, Tennessee. I don't. Oh, they lost to Tennessee last year. I forgot about that. That's cool. Um, that's cool. yeah, I think I think Mark Stoops is another name that's gonna. Because I mean, you're, you're gonna have the names. They're gonna be like, oh, what about Bob Stoops or what about Urban Meyer? They're gonna go through the usual names, and they're all gonna. Mike Gundy may get a call just so Mike Gundy can get his raise for the 14th consecutive year. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I think it's I think it's gonna be between Malzahn and and Mark Stoops. I think those those are gonna be the two two guys that actually have a legit shot at it. Well, according to Vegas, Matt Campbell at Iowa State yeah. is the leading candidate. Yeah. I know nothing about Matt Campbell. Um, he's been decent at Iowa State. I can't imagine Florida State, whatever his buyout is, could afford that after just paying a $17 million buyout, but what do I know? Um, Hickman, any chance Matt Campbell goes to Florida State? Yeah, th- th- I mean, there there is. I mean, they found the money for Willie Taggart's buyout, so they'll, they'll find it for him if that's who they go for. But, I mean, all right, you're Florida State. You're you're at a place that like should be a perennial power and was for – they had the record for the longest streak of consecutive top five finishes. You're, you know – a power that should be there every year. So you got to call Bob Stoops and you got to call Urban Meyer, right? And once those guys say no, they should be able to move in on the next, you know, the next tier. So the the name I'm going to throw out a name that's possible, Matt Rule from Baylor. I can see them, you know, he's he's had a splash of success, but I think he's like the fifth or sixth call and if people keep turning them down, they can end up settling there. I don't think I, he's interested. Maybe not. I don't know the guy. I, I think mean, he's holding I, off for an NFL job. I share a first name with him, but that's about it. That's uh, so I don't think it's impossible that Urban Meyer goes there. I, I, I think I think the state of mm. Florida would explode, and I could see it happening. Mm. I, I don't, don't think there's any chance Urban goes there. It could. Um, it would. It would be winnable, and they they would be good immediately. 
Oh, yes. It would definitely be a heck of a hire if they could pull it. My fear being a Kentucky fan is there's going to be two or three people that get thrown out there. You know, when Brother Bob is outspoken that he is not a candidate, not going to take it. I think if Mark gets offered it, he's probably taking it. Um, and then I think Kentucky football is kind of screwed. Um, I think he was the diamond in the rough there. But at the same time, if you know you are not that school's first, second, third, fourth option, if all these names keep coming out that they've called and other people have turned it down, there's a chance that Mark Mark stays. But I do I I, I fear that if he gets offered, he's heading down there. I mean, can you blame him? I mean, that is a, is a place that he he goes for, to an easier, he'll have an easier schedule. He'll have more resources. He'll have more money. He'll have a better. I don't pedigree. know about those things. You don't know about what? I don't know resources about those. And resources and money. Resources, money. Okay, know. so all the money. <laughs> Kentucky huh. does have deep pockets. My former yeah. employer uh, definitely ponied <laughs> up a lot of that. But um, thank you, Bill. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kentucky's going to pay him no matter. I mean, at this point, they're going to pay him whether they keep whatever. him or they're going to yep. pay him when if he leaves. Like, they're going to pay no matter what. Um, but yeah, I think I think he may be. And if I'd, I'd shake his hand on the way out of town, he did what I never thought Kentucky football would do. And that's win ten games last year. So, um, guys, let's make let's make sense of this whole Chargers moving to London thing. I know that they the the team came out and basically said they're not going anywhere. But reports were pretty specific that they had discussions to go to London. <laughs> Hickman, what is going on here? Oh, it's the Chargers, man. They've they've been homeless basically their entire <laughs> existence as a franchise. A $2 billion franchise is homeless. <laughs> and not just like not have a place to play. They don't play a home game. Every game that they play in L.A. is a road game. It's Absolutely. unreal. I mean, I, the Packers took over. The Steelers took over. It's nuts. Yeah, their schedule, like their home and road games, tend to all be like, "Oh, the Steelers travel well. That's going to be a home game for the Chargers." Yeah. And then this, like, it, like they, yeah, they've the not Packers, been. Packers, the Cowboys, the Steelers, the Patriots. If they could all host those teams, that'd be. Uh, the Eagles went there last year, I think. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Teams oh, that travel gosh. well. Yeah, the, they're not hosting the Jaguars and the Texans in, uh, you know, in L.A. That's. So is there any chance the Chargers move to London? No. No. There's no chance they move to London permanently. There's uh, uh, no. So are you calling these these respected sports journalists liars? I'm not saying that. Oh, were there talks? Sure, but it doesn't actually happen. I don't I don't see the Chargers actually moving to London ever. The Bills of Toronto maybe, but the Chargers are never <laughs> moving to London. Chris, will we see within the next, let's say, 10 years, will we see the Jaguars or an NFL team in London? I'm glad you said the Jaguars because, yes, the, the Jaguars <laughs> owner wants to be in London. He does. He's man. the only NFL uh, owner that volunteers to play games in London every single yeah. year. Without they literally forfeit a home year. game. Um, th- they'll be in London in 10 years. As far as the Chargers, that's a crazy situation. They literally paid five hundred fifty million dollars to leave San Diego, like, like with, without a home. They were just like, we don't have anywhere to go, but we're going to give you five hundred fifty million dollars so we can just go to L.A. and be the little, the Clippers of the NFL, basically. Oh, uh, yeah. Kyle, Kyle Leonard is pissed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Somehow they. Go ahead. I don't. I don't. I don't think. In ten years, I don't think San Diego or the Chargers. I don't think they'll be in Los Angeles. I don't know where they'll be, but I don't think it's Los Angeles. 
I'll agree with that. You know, and, and the crazy thing is they have some of the best jerseys in sports. I agree. <laughs> they need to move and they need to keep those powder blues every week and All they'd the be onto something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're the Chargers, do you not go dark powder blue and light powder blue as your home and aways? Uh, there you go. I mean, you get pretty close to white with them powder blues. Oh, that would look good. Yeah, I'm 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 on board. All right, we're buying the Chargers. Where are we with them? Plumville? <laughs> the Chargers are gonna start playing in Sports Nuts and Beer Gut <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> oh, can't wait. Can't and first thing we can do is uh, Chris can personally cut Phil Rivers. <laughs> Don't tease me like that. And I'll trade Melvin Gordon to the Bills. <laughs> Hickman can teach everybody the hickey shuffle. Oh That'll my gosh. Great. It'll be great. Austin Eckler, right. MVP. So all of our uh, all of our Facebook fran- fans, all of our of our Twitter followers, we gotta get that trending. Sports nuts and beer guts buying the Chargers. Buying the Chargers. I got eighty bucks, boys. Yeah, Can we start a GoFundMe on that. If one? you want to start a GoFundMe on that, uh, if we hit two hundred dollars, I promise I'll call the Chargers and I'll ask if they're for sale. Um, all money is non-refundable. I'm sorry. This is this is costing a lot to uh, to make this phone call. I mean, we Go need to have a platform here. Relocation. And really, that needs to be all powder blues. That's the first thing. That's the first thing. We will get people on board with all powder blues. <laughs> all right, guys. Last up here. Let's make sense of the week. Popeye's chicken sandwich. This is getting a little crazy. All right. I think it's about time people realize what Popeye's is. They're an awful fast food chain. This whole whoa, chicken whoa, sandwich whoa, is whoa. a scam. Chris, they have no shortage of chicken sandwiches anymore. But the lines are still taking over two hours in most places. Lines are backed up for a mile. A guy was stabbed in the eye and killed over a Popeye's chicken sandwich. Hickman, make sense of this. Okay, two things. One, if you're waiting two hours in line for any fast food item, you are the problem. Because you're yeah, not hungry. You can expand that to any food item. Yeah, there you go. I, I, I'm a, you know, I'm a lard butt, and I love every kind of food there is. I'm not waiting two hours for any of them. So, did you say you're a lard butt? I did. I got a real quick story. My my late good friend Chris Morgan. He and I coached football together at the Kings Academy. After one uh one game, we you know game's over. Got to feed the kids afterwards. We go to Orion's buffet and it was a ryan's that served steaks you know like made to order steaks well it's like 9 30 and all these kids we have eaten the joint out of steaks there are no more steaks what? so I, I, I swear, yeah so i hear this ruckus from the front of the restaurant and i walk up there and chris is he was a guy who's built like a propane tank man just like all all shoulders and and wide his arms are <laughs> flailing up in the air He's yelling. He, I walk up. There's what is going on? It's like, dude, I ain't got no more steaks. Like, okay, what do you mean they don't have any more steaks? And this, this like poor soul in the front and the carving apron is like, sir, we have run out of steaks. You guys ate all the steaks. And he was so angry. He's like, well, how long can I get another one? He's like, it takes three hours for these to, to marinate. Three hours. I can't wait no three hours for a steak. And then deadpan, this high schooler says to him. Chris, haven't you been engaged for two years? <laughs> I said, yeah, I said, you waited two years to get married and you can't wait three hours for a steak? <laughs> he would have been a problem at Popeye's. But anyway, hey, 
you know Don't where like, you can get a steak at any time of the day for less than five dollars? I do not. The Bills Gambling Hall of no! the Las Vegas Strip. <laughs> uh, steak, steak, eggs, and hash browns for five dollars. <laughs> oh, okay. that was that was good times. Oh, good night. So, Chris, can we can we make sense of this and just say Popeyes is a terrible restaurant? No. Nope. If somebody was stabbed in the eye at Chick Fil A, people would quit going. What is going on at Popeyes? Um, I don't know what's going on at Popeyes, but I do like some Popeyes as some hungover, like just goodness. <laughs> like, I mean, every time I go to Tunica and have like a little forty-eight hour gambling drinking binge. On the way back, we stop at Popeyes, order way too much food, ate about one bite of everything, and I'm like, oh, that's all I can eat. Yeah, because um, it's terrible. It's not terrible. It's just, it's not, it's it's fast food. It's fast it's, food chicken. Like, it is what it is. I mean, it, it it's it's better than KFC, in my opinion. Um, but the chicken set sandwich. The bar pretty low there. I did set the bar extremely low. <laughs> but, I mean, I mean, I don't understand that. It's a it's an effing sandwich. Like um, yeah, like I don't. I remember. Do you remember in Chick Fil A? Uh, there was some kind of fake outrage because they're a semi Christian restaurant chain, and and somebody was giving them a lot of hell about it. So they had like everybody, all Christians go to Chick Fil A on a certain day, and there was a line like wrapping around the effing county of Cookville, like the whole county, just <laughs> wrapping around. I like this and, reverse boycott. And my my youth minister was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna go tomorrow when there's no line." Like, like, come on, man. Like, like, I don't understand anybody waiting in line. You go to Nashville, you got these bachelorette parties just hogging up restaurants. Like, I mean, Logan, you like that taco place? What's it called? Bar Taco. Bar Taco. Yeah, guaranteed an hour wait anytime you go there. Taco. It is worth it. It's, but this is what I'm saying it. about Popeyes. That two-hour-long wait is not because there's 3,000 people in line. It's because there's 12 people in line. It took them 45 minutes to get one order out. Let's just be real. Popeyes is awful. I think the FBI needs to come in and figure out what's going on behind. What was that chicken place? Um, El Pollo Loco? A, El Pollo Loco. That's what's going on at Popeyes. They need to be investigated. Uh, there's something shady going on at the Popeyes. No, it was Los Pollos Hermanos. Oh. Was chick- yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. You're looking for Gustavo, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we can make sense of Popeyes. All right, guys, Done. let's move into everybody's favorite segment. Segment of the week, Chug, Sipper, Pour. But before we get to some Chug, Sipper, Pour, I forgot to ask you guys, what are you drinking this week, Chris Collette? Um, well, the wife and kid are both under under the weather this week, so I am, uh, I'm pounding some Coors Lights this week. I think I'm like four deep inside right now, and, and because I'm just like, I'm tired of dealing with sick people. I'm just saying. And when you say under the weather, would they be like throwing up or negative? They have some stomach bug or something. My kid has shit his pants <laughs> a good solid four or five, six times. <laughs> I I think that he's think he's he thinks he's farting, but he doesn't realize that he's actually sharding. Not every um, I mean Adults have that that's problem. An important lesson for him to learn, Chris. Yeah, he's three years old, and he is learning that lesson the hard way. <laughs> he he basically is at the point where he goes, "Oh, poop, poop," and I'm like, "Oh, you got to go poop." He goes, "No, I already did." 
Like a and monkey's go, hands it to you. No, no, here's the poop. He's like, I already did. And I'm like, oh my gosh. He's no, had a rough a- week. I feel bad for the kid. He just and and the other day he was peeing and he just thought all he had to do was pee, and then all of a sudden he just starts. Yeah, you get the oh, picture. That's impressive there. Yeah. And I'm just I'm like, I'm like, oh gosh, this is mm. so yeah, it's, it's a rough week, so I, I need lots of beer. So Coors Lights carry me through. Well, hit me with that thought in your head. What are you drinking this week? I was, I, it took me a minute to figure out how you were going to reconcile the fact you had been drinking Coors Light with people being sick. I have no idea what <laughs> relation those two topics have to one another. But He needs to hydrate a little bit more. That's what yeah, it is. He's I, water I, I guess that's it. I was hoping you might skip that segment because I'm probably drinking my, even by my standards, my most embarrassing beverage yes. uh, so far. Well, no, no, the Natty Light Seltzer. That was the worst. Um, this is a clear American brand cherry limeade, zero calorie sparkling beverage. Where does one get the cheer American brand? You get that um, at Sam's Club. Oh, all right. It is it is high quality. It's um, is it better than Kirkland's. It is on par with Kirkland's. Okay, I would all say. Right. So, you know, I'm all about the cheap beverages. Uh, you know. Rather embarrassing, but that's that's what we're going with tonight. Go for it. You're going to say something classy and intelligent. <laughs> well, I decided I had to uh, had to go back to the motherland for a little Four Roses small batch bourbon, Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey. Because I don't know if I've mentioned this to you guys, but we are number one in the country in basketball, winning as college program in the history of the sport. This here Four Roses small batch is crafted from four select bourbons, and it is just delicious in your mouth. With that being said, Chuck Sipper, poor Chris Collette, spiked apple cider. Hickman decided to bring that over for Halloween. I want to know how you feel about the spiked apple cider. Uh-oh. I'm going to pour that out. It could be non-spiked apple cider, and <laughs> yes. I'm still pouring it out. If it's apple cider, I'm pouring it out. Don't like it. I, it's terrible. Absolute garbage. Poor. I'm I'm just going to jump right in here because I'm with you, and I'll just be blunt. I love apple juice. I hate apple cider, and I don't know what the difference is. So you cannot spike it enough to make me drink it. I am pouring out the apple cider, the spiked cider. Hickman, where are you, where are you leaning here? I am chugging the spiked apple cider. I swear, I, I don't know how... I doubt y'all's taste buds are nuanced enough to know the difference between apple cider and apple juice. Neither's <laughs> mine. But uh, <laughs> telling you, you make an apple cider with you know, with some cranberry juice, some apple cider, some cloves, some cinnamon sticks. Pour in something called applejack. This is my mom's recipe. Oh. It is delicious. I'm telling you, and it's a uh, nice and warm, fantastic winter beverage. Chug it. Sounds like shit. <laughs> that was his mom's recipe, Chris. Hey, yeah, Chris, you're a chode, man. With all due respect, Carol, it sounds oh, terrible. Okay, all right, yeah. <laughs> I said with all due respect. Come yeah, on now. With all due respect, chode. She, she has listened to it, but uh, 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 drinking some Coors Light over there. It's way way more sophisticated than any apple cider. So, Chris, I know your wife is on this train. Chug sip or pour. Christmas decorations up right now. Uh, <laughs> Day after Halloween. I'm I'm gonna pour that one. Um 
my whole living room is rearranged. I walk in the house the other day and I'm just like, what the hell happened in here? Like we have couches and like places where couches should never be. I, I don't understand. Why we're did not you move the furniture? I don't We're not even going to be at home for Christmas this year. We're going to the beach. We're uh, oh. giving Christmas the double middle finger and just going to the beach, having some, having some family time. It's been, it's been way too long for us. So uh, Christmas with the cranks, huh? Uh, yeah, something like that. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't understand. I hate Christmas decorations. Like it's, it's a waste of money. It's a waste of time to put up. You got to take them back down. You got a storm in the attic. It, it's just, it's a much ado about nothing. And I told Liz, I was like, we don't have Christmas presents to put under the tree this year. We're going on vacation. Like, like we may have Christmas presents we'll put in our car to take with us on vacation, but come on now. Like, oh. It's I a waste it. of time. Terrible, awful. I hope I hope she listens to this. I'm actually gonna like when we're in the car, I'm gonna put this on so she can hear my rant about this. Christmas decorations, overrated, expensive, waste of time, waste of everything. I'm I hate all holidays. I'm basically a Scrooge over here. So well, it is what it is. It sounds like it doesn't matter what you think, because it sounds like the Christmas decorations <laughs> of the Collin household are already up. No, they are. <laughs> yeah. Hickman, Chuck, Sipper, pour these Christmas decorations up right now. I don't know that I could follow that, but um, <laughs> all right, I'm gonna sip. No, I don't like putting up a bunch of decorations and all that. I'm just not a decorative kind of guy. However, my daughter is stoked about Christmas, and it's adorable. Yeah. And I'm gonna let her be. And if if you know there needs to be lights out earlier, and there needs to be you know stuff for the tree. I'm going to do that for her. She's so excited. I'm totally fine with that. So it's for the kids. And I'm going to, you know what? I need to upgrade that to a chug if it's for the kids. So there you go. I, I got to add something else. I walked into my house today. Um, <laughs> we do not have a live Christmas tree. Do not have a live Christmas tree. It smelled like Christmas trees were having sex in our living room today. <laughs> like it was just overdone christmas tree smell i'm like what the hell is like like what the hell um that's what my house smells like is christmas trees having sex i'm just saying did she get those fake little douglas fir things to put in the fake trees or what i I don't i don't understand how you make a house smell like a christmas tree i i mean she has these little melt things that she wax melt things she has everywhere (laughs) and and she has these little these little smell sticks, I don't know what you call them, that are like that Christmas tree scent that yes. are just hidden in random spots where a kid finds them and plays with them. So that's what my house smells like right now. It smells terrible. Oh, man. You have me wondering what go- actually goes on at Christmas tree farms now. <laughs> <laughs> Scrooge McDuck over here. Listen, wow. fellas, you are currently listening to the 2018 View Harbor Neighborhood Association Christmas Light Decoration Champion of the World. All right. That's right. I won the prize for the best decorated house last year in the traditional style. So I'm chugging some Christmas decorations. I, to be fair, don't understand how people already have them up. Like, I... I, I mean, you're having taken that Halloween, like your pumpkins are still on the porch. How did you get all the Christmas lights up? But like Hickman, I've got a son who is obsessed with Christmas. He is genuinely jolly and joyful when he sees Christmas trees. And, and now listen, it's not all about the presents for him. I've got a daughter who wants a giraffe for Christmas. (laughs) Good luck. 
Guess what my son wants for Christmas? Blueberries. Oh, that's a good. That's a good call. You're close. Uh, Brody asked us today if Santa Claus could bring him Apple Jacks and Fruit Loops. <laughs> that's right. He wants cereal for Christmas. Got a boy. <laughs> He's picking uh, good cereals too. So he, I mean, last year if you asked him what he wanted for Christmas, he said presents, which was the cutest thing ever. So he got lots of them. Um, but I, I, I can't admit, it's all about the kids. I do love yeah. a, a good Christmas season. Um, I definitely won't have the the decorations up now because I don't know how people do that. Um, but I, if you want to put them up, listen to Christmas soons, go for it. Christmas, well, true family man. Ah. Chris, maybe you can redeem yourself here. Chug Sipper Pour, the time change. Uh, I'm going to pour that one like I hope both of y'all do. If you don't, you're just, I don't even know. Now, to be fair, Chris, you are on Central Time. The worst time. I, Ooh. I'm, I'm on Central. Dark at like 4.30 there. Um, literally 4.30. <laughs> like I, I, I grilled some pork chops tonight, and I was out, out there grilling at 5.30, and it was pitch black. I had my little phone, <laughs> light of my phone on. Gosh. Grilling my pork chops. Uh, yeah, I hate the time change. It makes no sense. I don't care if I go to work when it's dark. It could be pitch black when I go yeah, to work. me too. Do not care. When I get off work, give me some daylight. I can at least go to the golf course, play play, play nine holes of golf or or something. Uh, grill in the daylight. Yeah, pour it out. Hickman? 100% pour. Absolutely. Absolutely pour. Like you, Chris, I don't care if I go to work at dark when it's dark in the morning. Um, for every year of my life, my dad has lamented this day. He would always, he always, his phrase was always like try to in the morning, be like you're burning daylight, which I hated hearing as a you know 12 year old, not wanting to get out of bed. But anyway, I, he, he would just lament and mourn the day he loses the hour of daylight every year. I don't know if that's just been, you know, put in, you know, in me, but still, I, I'd rather have that, that hour of daylight in the evening. So, yeah, guys. Monday morning, my daughter came and woke me up at a little after six o'clock in a panic because she thought she was late for school. <laughs> Why? Because the sun was up and she was yeah. still in her PJs. So as we calm her down, realize, hey, uh, Bailey, the alarm clock doesn't go off for another 45 minutes. You are good to go. I got to chug or I got I got to pour this. We're, we're not coming anywhere close to chugging the time yeah. change. Give me the regular time. Give it to me all the time we don't need to be changing there's you know farmers tractors literally drive themselves now with gps and stuff like we don't need to worry about all this agricultural bleh pouring this out it's ridiculous but i would love to hear somebody that's chugging the time change i don't know if that person exists which makes me wonder why we still do it so if you exist hit us up on the facebook page hit us up on twitter because i don't think you i don't think you exist um, but I will say the time change is great because my Christmas lights stand out that much more now that it's dark at 5.30 and my yeah. lights are bright. All right, Hickman, chug, sip, or pour. It's basketball time, baby. Dickie V, diaper dandy, primetime player, baby. I mean, that's pretty good. Thank there you, you go. Um, uh, so I feel like he is – Basketball's Lee Corso just with a microphone all the time. I'm I'm pouring. I love Dickie V back in the day. Always felt like a huge game um, when he was there. It still kind of has that that feeling that it's a big game, but I'm just 
Oh man, I'd, I'd rather have some insights, and I don't think he's bringing it anymore. So uh, I'm sorry, Dickie B. Poor. Wow, Lee Corso. I mean, <laughs> wow. Like I mean, the, the, Lee the, Corso the, wouldn't know where he was without Kirk Herbstreet. Like he is definitely <laughs> not Lee Corso. He's not on. He's not on that level. But he's trending that direction. <laughs> oh man. Chris, Chuck Zipper pour Dick Vitale. I'm gonna pour. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, wow. Uh, yeah. feelings. I mean, when I became a basketball manager in uh, 2011 or so, oh, you I had got lots of run-ins with Dick Vitale. We had no run-ins with Dick Vitale, <laughs> but I started to understand a little more about Dick Vitale and the whole basketball thing. And Dick Vitale has this big charity gala thing down in Florida. And pretty much, if you're a basketball coach, a D1 basketball coach, you better be donating some money and showing up to that thing yep. or, um, in order to get good pub from Dickie V. So he basically, anytime he props up a person, that means that person showed up to his gala and donated some money. And anytime he's like bashing a guy, that means that person did not show up to his gala and did not donate money. He's a fraud. I'm just saying he's... <laughs> It is it is what it is there. He he is an old man that likes to play as uh, all this fun, fun, fun. But it's basically just, hey, love you as long as you're donating money to me. If you don't, then screw you. So that's my thoughts on him. Wow. Here's the deal. I'm going to sip some Dick Vitale. Well, as much as I would love to chug the Dickie B. No. Uh, um, we all know Logan oh, loves to chug wow. the Dickie, if you know what I there mean. There we go. I let you have he that one, is Chris. an incredible ambassador for uh for college basketball i mean i like jay billis as an announcer but i mean jay we get it you hate the you hate the ncaa everybody's a fraud everybody's a cheat you're the smartest man in the room like we get it man just talk basketball to us dick vitale though in his elderly years is not near like him trying to be excited just doesn't work anymore he spent the entire Kentucky game talking about his charity. At one point, um, the play-by-play guy told Dickie V to stop yelling. Um, <laughs> it was pretty funny. So I'm, I still love Dick Vitale for the nostalgia, but I've, I've got to sip him because it's the stick doesn't work when you're 80 years old. Chuck Zipper poor Chris load management in the NBA. So those of you guys who haven't seen. Kawhi Leonard has decided he is going to sit out the second game of the year. He's played eight. There's been eight games this year. He's already set out two of them for load management. I thought the NBA was going to crack down on this. What's going on, Chris? I don't know what's going on with it. I'm going to uh, pour it out because there is no science that says load management works. There's... um. Teams that think that the less the players play, the better it is for the player. But at the same time, you saw the playoffs last year. Um, players started dropping like flies. They kept getting hurt. And I think it's because they're not used to actually playing three games in a week. Like, I mean, you see three or four games in a week. and They're like, oh, not playing that. So I think it's I, I I'm, I'm going to pour it out because there's there is no science behind it that says it's a good thing. It's just what people think might might be okay but i think last year you saw in the playoffs like i mean the warriors literally did manage their minutes the their team's minutes and 
Clay Thompson's not playing this year. Kevin Durant's not playing this year. Yeah. Steph Curry's hurt right now. Like, I, there's nothing that says it actually works. So I'm pouring that one out. Plus, plus the most important thing is you get like fans in Memphis or somewhere else. Um, that literally they're buying tickets or like they're driving four hours to go see a Kawhi Leonard or Kevin Durant or LeBron James. And when those guys don't play and when you've already bought the tickets, that's just, that's just, I, I, I it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. So pour it well, out. I'm, it's garbage. I'm going to, I'm going to single out Leonard here. He literally has two games this week. Now it's a back to back, but he's playing two games this week and he is sitting out the first one. Hegman. Chuck Zipper pour yeah. that, that load management. Yeah, I got I got I got to pour it. I'm going to give a caveat. Um, look at you know somebody like LeBron who's played a stupid amount of minutes. I am okay. Like reduce it, reduce the minute total. But sitting out an entire game is a completely different story. That I'm completely pouring out as far as you know sitting out games, just that form of load management. Oh, you mean gonna, LeBron who's had three straight triple doubles? I'm not a LeBron hater. I love the guy. I'm saying that's, if that guy doesn't need load management, then who does? Like he's still performing at a okay. high level. He exactly, exactly. At the same time, like there's probably a time like getting close to the you know the season. Like all right, LeBron, maybe you don't need to play 40 minutes tonight. Let's let's dial it back. That I understand. That I support. Um, but yeah, especially like it really is a yeah. It's, it blows for somebody who's gotten those tickets like you said memphis or or you know someplace that atlanta it's it's charlotte there's well why am i naming all cities in the south with terrible basketball teams but anyway <laughs> yeah poor yeah i am uh, i'm pouring this here's the deal and you can if you want to fire up to your google machine at home you know what really matters when it comes to performance in the nba sleep nba players because they travel so much don't get enough sleep Load management, you know what they don't do when they're sitting on the sideline? They're not sleeping. Like, it's not helping at all. <laughs> There's no difference. I don't understand. I mean, you're telling me Leonard can't play, but, a, you know, three-fourths of the game at this point in, in his career. It's a bunch of bull. Uh, to me, that just means the NBA doesn't need to be playing 82 games if this is how coaches are going to handle it. So, pour this out. Uh, Last jug. Hold on. One other thing on this is I understand if players are injured, and they're kind sure. of nursing an injury, coming back from an injury. I'm all for that. Kawhi is it does not qualify does not qualify there. <laughs> yeah, oh. th- that's an ex- yeah. <laughs> all right, Chuck Sipper, last one here. It's going to feed into our uh, our our game bets and breakdowns. Hickman, what do you think? Should we bring back the beer barrel trophy between Tennessee and Kentucky football? I love traveling trophies. I say bring it back. I don't think it's specifically insensitive to what happened 20 years ago. Um, oh, it, was a, it was a really awesome traveling trophy. If you need to name it something else or whatever, but that, that barrel, I think, is, at least in that, that small rivalry, something semi-iconic. I loved it. So um, I'm good to bring it back. Chris, what do you think? Chug sip uh, for the I'm beer chugging barrel. that. Bring it back. I'm all about the barrel. Love the barrel. It's... Uh, it really is. It's it's a it's a nice trophy. I mean, it's kind of a classic thing. Uh, bring it back. Here's the deal: the SEC is a- allowing beer in stadiums now. There's no need for this to be culturally insensitive or whatever. Heck, Chris and I have our own beer barrel, which unfortunately is sitting at Chris's house this year. 
Uh, we we send it yeah, back and forth for our, right over here. Send it back and forth for our fantasy team. Um, I don't understand. I mean, I personally think they should call it the whiskey barrel because it's clear that Kentucky uh, whiskey is much better than Tennessee whiskey. I mean, it stays in Tennessee, so it should be whiskey instead of a bourbon barrel. So, well, uh, yeah, with all it that makes being sense. said, that's why I'm sipping this <laughs> bourbon, this beer barrel, because unfortunately, we would have had it three times in my lifetime. So that's true. I would, I would prefer uh, to not have a three too many. Trophy. Traveling trophy, as Hickman says, because unfortunately it does not travel all that often. All right, guys, let's work our way here into our last segment of the night. The picking and grinning segment. We got a break, a game breakdown here. Tennessee at Kentucky. I have seen this line anywhere from Kentucky minus one to Tennessee minus one. Chris, who you got and why? I got Tennessee. I thought the line should open up at minus two. The line opened up at Kentucky minus four. Um, <laughs> don't understand that one. Tennessee, uh, Tennessee's kind of rolling right now. Uh, they're, they're playing good football. Um, it started probably the first half of the Georgia game. And and they, they played good good football since then. And Kentucky, are, are they going to start a quarterback or they start a wide receiver at quarterback? I mean... Oh no, we we like to beat Tennessee with that wide receiver at quarterback. So I'm confident we are going wide receiver this week. Okay, well it doesn't matter. Tennessee Tennessee's That's defense. Uh, I mean, you saw last year when Tennessee had a worse team than Kentucky. Uh, they absolutely kicked their ass. As long as the team's one dimensional. Uh, Tennessee tends to be able to stop a one-dimensional team, and that's what Kentucky is. Give me Tennessee. I don't care if it's minus one, minus two, Tennessee, or if, or if you're getting a point, hell, I'll take it. Tennessee's going to win, guaranteed. Stone Cold, lead pipe, lock. lock. Oh, wow. wow. What's happening? Hickman, what's happening? I mean, I don't think it's a lead pipe lock. Um, I don't know where Tennessee's defensive line performance has come from. Uh out of the blue, they've turned that around. It's I think first to twenty wins this. It's a super low scoring game. I don't know if anybody gets to twenty. Um, I think I think Tennessee wins. I think it's something like seventeen thirteen. It's ugly. Uh, it's all defense. Um, but I just you know tend to go with the history with history repeating itself. Tennessee tends to beat Kentucky. I think they do it again. Listen here, boys. <laughs> You may say it's a wide receiver at quarterback. We call him QB4 in Lexington. We're working like down the depth chart. <laughs> next man up, <laughs> next man up mentality for Mr. Mark Stoops. Next man, next man, next next man. Yeah. Uh, got it. Yeah, got you it. you that's the one Not we you. wanted all along. Yeah, we wanted you all along. Oh, you may say Tennessee's defense is good. I said better. Kentucky hasn't given up 30 points in over two years. If I remember, cool story. Right, Tennessee okay. gave up how many points to Georgia State? That was a long time ago. A long time ago. Was it two years long or was it this year long? Is that important? 38 points to Georgia State. Uh, that's when they were doing the whole Trojan horse thing. I'm just saying. They're out of the Trojan horse. They'll earn some trouble. <laughs> I don't know if you guys realize this. Where is this game being played? Oh, that's right. K. Roger Field. Watch out. Here's the deal. Little known fact. Kentucky against the spread. 
undefeated at K. Roger Field. That's right. We beat the spread every time. Now, if the spread is minus one to Kentucky, we feel pretty good. If the spread's minus one to Tennessee, we probably aren't going to tie. Don't feel so good. I don't have a good feeling about this game. I can't remember the last time I predicted uh, Kentucky to beat Tennessee. I'm probably not going to do it here. Um, it's a it's a slugfest. It's low scoring. Wow. The reason Kentucky opened up as the favorite here, Kentucky looked decent their last couple games. Um, you know, against Georgia, they were in it until the fourth quarter. Um, looked pretty good. They beat Missouri and held them to seven points. Here's the thing. Kentucky's last two games have been in monsoon. So when you have a wide receiver at quarterback who's going to run the ball for 200 yards and 30 carries, it's okay in a monsoon. I don't think we're going to have a monsoon this Saturday. Scares me a little bit with that wide receiver at quarterback. So sorry, Kentucky fans, but balls by 90. Wow. Kate's by 90, but um, wow. I I would if I were if I were Batman I'd put money on Tennessee this week. History tells you it makes sense. But I think history is reversed in this next matchup. LSU at Alabama. Alabama's a six and a half point favorite. Hickman, it looks like Tua is back. Who do you got in this one? I actually have LSU. I mean, I Tua's back, but he's not gonna be a hundred percent. High ankle sprains, man. It takes some time. Uh, even though he had surgery on it. So he's, his, his mobility is going to be compromised. Stepping off that plant foot to throw is going to be tough. Um, LSU's offense has come out of the blue. And I, I mean, we knew no Burrow was good, but last year to this year has been a, you know, I mean, has been nuts, the, the change there. Um, I think know, LSU does Did we know Burrow was good? We knew he was, yeah, didn't we? We knew he was all right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Chris just took his kid in the headlock out of the screen. I don't know what's going on here. But I think Chris is back already. Jameson, okay. I think Jameson has got the Stone Cold Stunner. I'm not going to lie. He might have. He might have. But uh, <laughs> he's got Tombstone. He's he's definitely that kid, that kid knows. Alabama. Like it's like off limits coming out here for the podcast and every week. He's like, let me go see what my daddy's doing. This is serious so, stuff, Jameson. That's right. Had to mute the thing. Get him out of here. <laughs> Text the wife, like, what are you doing? Are you not watching her kid right now? Question mark. Uh, well, Hick, well uh, Chris, Hickman takes LSU. Bama's favored by six and a half. Who you got? I'm going to take uh, Bama. Just because, I mean, you compare saving to uh, the good old ogre down there in Louisiana. You got a point there. Uh, that's that's quite the coach and mismatch. And I think Alabama's not played anybody this year, um, literally nobody. And LSU has played Auburn, Florida. Texas. Texas, yeah. I think there could be uh, some fatigue coming on. You said Bama has played literally nobody, yet they – Pretty sure in the third Saturday in October played a team that wears bright orange jerseys. Um, yep. Said that. And, and somehow that was their closest game all year. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just I, I'm gonna go with Bama. Uh I, I kinda like what LSU is doing right now. I mean LSU looks good. 
and honestly, it probably favors LSU to lose right to Bama. I think it a loss absolutely does. A loss yeah. to Bama guarantees them a spot in the playoffs. To be honest, as yeah, long as they went out Georgia. after that, yeah. And that's my thought is everybody hates this whole transfer portal portal players transferring. Have we ever seen a situation truly work out best for the players than Joe Burrow going to LSU, Justin Fields going to Ohio State, like Jalen Hurts going to Alabama? Yeah. Yeah. I mean Oklahoma. Or Oklahoma. Yeah. I mean, it's Same it's thing. worked out for everybody. Here's the thing. Alabama has to win this to have a shot at the playoffs. For the most part, Nick Saban does not lose these kind of games. Um, so if I'm a betting man, I'm probably taking LSU cause I think it's close. Um, but if I'm betting the money line straight up, I'm taking Alabama to win this because these are just games that Saban is, is Saban on the hot seat. If he loses though, he is, <laughs> uh, Florida state's probably going to rescind their offer. If Saban loses this yeah. one, <laughs> funny. all right, last up, we have a Monday night football game. The Seahawks at the surprising Undefeated 49ers. Hickman, who you got? Seahawks 49ers. 49ers are favored by six. Yeah, that was uh that's surprising. I, I like that's Seattle. A big number. It it really is. I definitely like Seattle to cover. I think the Seahawks uh win the game. I trust uh Russell Wilson in tight spots. I don't trust the Niners and Jimmy G yet. So uh Seattle. Mm. Chris. I'm taking Seattle plus six because Seattle has the MVP. It's going to come down to the last possession, probably, maybe. And in that situation, even if Seattle loses, they're still covering. So give me Seattle. Uh, Russell Wilson, he's so good, especially in close games. Like, I mean, last Sunday against Tampa, I mean, I know it wasn't exactly like a premier game, but he basically just was like, okay, we're winning the game. And when when he needed to score yeah. a touchdown, scored a touchdown. Uh, love Russell Wilson. He's the highest paid quarterback uh, based on average average uh, yearly average on his contract. Uh, and I think he deserves it. I think he's a hell of a quarterback. So give me uh, give me the Seahawks plus six. So the Seahawks have probably the MVP at quarterback even though their offense is one of the most run-heavy offenses in the NFL. I'll just be blunt. I don't think 49ers are for real. I have thought that all year. They're probably better than I think they are because I just don't understand how they're doing this. But I think we got two uh, two offenses that want to run the ball that are going to continue to run the ball. I don't think this game scores. You know, I think we're looking at a 14-17 type, type game here. Um, so give me the Seahawks like these other two guys for the stone cold lock of the week. We all three agree. Give me the Seahawks on this one. Um, and I think that's a, I think we're, we are in good. We are in for a good Monday night football matchup, but yeah, um, I do. I don't think quarterback play will win out. It's good. Night. Well, last week actually worked out pretty well. Uh, uh, it was entertaining. That's about it. It was. I got to eat some Tostitos during the Monday night game. So it Dude, was. You, you brought nice. the spread. I was impressed. I was impressed. All right, guys. We will see you back next week as we get to, uh, as Kentucky fans, we'll get to talk a little smack on those uh, on those Tennessee volunteers. Probably not happening. At least till basketball season. 
Rumor has it Tennessee volunteered for a butt whooping this weekend, and Kentucky's going to give it to them. I know that contradicts every pick I just made, but that being said, hit us up on the Facebook you. page. Find us on Twitter. And if you uh, if you have a question, ask Siri who the best basketball team is in college basketball. She'll tell you it's your Kentucky Wildcats. This has been episode 15 of the Sports Nuts and Beer Guts podcast. Toodles. Toodles. <laughs> <laughs>